With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. time for another edition of Tennis.com's weekly podcast. And here's your host, James Martin. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast, the Miami edition. We are headed into the final weekend of Miami. Steve, I'm here with Steve Tigner and lots of uh, interesting matches we've seen this week, but there's some hard news I wanted to bring to you guys first before we get into the draws and kind of preview uh, what's headed for the weekend. Steve, I know you'll find this quite interesting um, and this will probably hit uh, CNN after we discuss this, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But Kim Kardashian, who does the show Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you all may know it, was in Miami, saw some matches, and actually met with Sam Query and John Isner, BFFs. And uh, it was learned from Sam Query, uh, directly from Sam, that Kim Kardashian does not know who Roger Federer is. That's that's surprising. <laughs> that is kind of surprising. surprising. <laughs> it's think- also surprising if she knew who Sam Query was. <laughs> How she wouldn't know who Roger Federer was. Which begs the question, is Sam Querrey and John Isner bigger than Federer in the United States? Yeah, I don't know. Well, this I is don't a, know about that. This is a question we'll put out to you pod listeners out there. Send in your responses. Do you think Sam Querrey is bigger than Roger Federer? Kim Kardashian certainly does. But getting to the real stuff here, um, Miami, the big matchup coming up, semifinal, in the bottom half of the draw is Andy Roddick and Rafi Nadal. Nadal played a great match against Sanga. There was a, it was really high-quality tennis, particularly in that first first set. And uh, we've got a, the semifinal that uh, I think most people were hoping to see, Roddick and Nadal. It's the eighth time they're meeting, Steve. Uh, Nadal has a 5-2 lead in their head-to-head, but they have split their matches on hard court. So a lot of this is going to come down, I think. I mean, obviously Nadal's in form, so do you think the serve of Roddick's going to be the big well, thing to tell tough, here? I, it seems to be a tough matchup for, for Andy. I saw them play in the semis in Indian Wells last year and that's when Rafa was at his absolute best that's when he was number one and before he got hurt and before the French Open um I felt like in that match that that Roddick didn't quite believe that he could win he made a little run at the end but but Rafa I mean Rafa returned Roddick's serve well enough he he um and he also with Andy playing a, a very solid baseline game but not doing a whole lot of attacking Rafa was able to um to get control of the rallies and and it, but Andy did at the end of the match try to try to um to do a little more to to take back some of the some of the um the initiative in the rallies and he, and that worked and I think I think that's what he's going to have to do the trouble is that's not how he's been winning for the last for the last couple of years and I think and Gimmelstab mentioned this on air and I thought it was probably right is that Andy's really going to have to try to Swing a lot of those serves in the deuce court out wide. Is Nadal, is Nadal able to handle that? He obviously handled it no problem against Sanga, so that doesn't bode well for Andy unless... I mean, I didn't think Andy played great against Amagro in the previous round. I mean, it was a workmanlike performance for him, but it seems like he's going to have to dial it up another level. Yeah, he's to, done to enough. Do it. He's definitely done enough to win, and 
and there's nothing wrong with that. But but Nadal, if if the Sangha match is any indication, he's he seems to be back to close to his top form. He's been telling us for a couple months that he's he's playing great. And this was a match where you could see it that they were in they were pretty much in mid-match form by the second game. That was uh, incredible. Uh, much like the match against Nadal played against Monfils at the at the U.S. Open, where where Sangha came out with his absolute best, but Rafa matched him and then and then kept going and Sangha. Sangha wore down. There were there were a lot of great points, and it wasn't it was never a blowout. It was always at least somewhat in doubt. But Rafa is moving, moving really well and hitting those hitting a lot of those passing shots. A lot of those those um, very spectacular come from nowhere shots that he that he used to hit that he hasn't hit. You know he hasn't done as much. He wasn't wasn't doing a whole lot of last at the end of last year. I mean he was going behind Sangha when there was only a foot and a half, two feet to work with with Sangha and hitting winner, winners there. And, and his backhand, compared to what we saw with Nadal in the, the World Tour Finals in London, compared to now, it's like watching two different players. And he's hitting his backhand deeper, and he doesn't seem to be having any problems that he was having at the end of the year. He yeah, looks, it seems he to looks be, great. I would say it seems to be halfway as to where it was in the 2008 Wimbledon final, which was that's when his backhand was the very best. And it, I, it, there were little, little shades of that. In, in the Sangha match. And it's probably unrealistic to think he's going to hit his backhand that well at the, at the 08 Wimbledon final all the time because it, it is a unique backhand. It's a bit wreck-like in the way he, he maneuvers his, his off yeah, arm Yeah, it's not stuff. smooth. But it, it's being effective. And, and I was also noticing, I was looking at the stats, and Nadal hasn't won a title in 11 months, which is kind of incredible when you think about it. And Roddick hasn't won a Masters t- uh, title since Cincinnati in 06. So there's a lot. I think there's a lot riding on this match for both these players. Nadal desperately, clearly looking at his attitude, wants to win this title. He obviously was looking sharp in, in, in Indian Wells, lost to Lubachik, and, and, and Roddick not having won a Masters title for so long. And they'll be, whoever wins this is going to be the favorite in the final, you'd think. So this is, this is a big match yeah, for both I of think, them. Yeah, um, I think both of them have played well in these two tournaments, but they haven't come up with quite with maybe what they expected. They both lost to Lubachik and Indian Wells, and neither of them could be – I don't think they were – they were crushed by that, but that had to be a little disappointing. I think for Nadal, he needs to, if he's going to get back to where he was um, a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago, he needs to he needs to win tournaments like this. He needs to beat top ten players, which is the other thing he hasn't done for a, for a while. Right. And speaking of Lubachik, I was actually just curious. We talked about we were predicting he'd lose in the first round here, and uh, he did. Although it looks like a retirement, but uh, he did flame out as we thought. Um, on the women's side, you know, I guess the big story there's obviously where the, the usual upsets and and all that stuff is that uh don't write off the belgians just because they lose a match or two they've they've proven that they're they're right back in it and they're, they're looking sharp i mean hennen looked really strong at times against wozniacki at other times wozniacki's looping uh ground strokes and the off-pace junk and some of the angles in that quarterfinal match were troubling justine but i you know i go back to you know, I, I just think she just played the big points toward the end. She was more aggressive, and that's usually what wins out. Yeah, I think the Kim and Justine both played matches that were pretty tight. Uh, Kim played Sam Stoser, who who played just well enough to just lose a close second set. But but neither Hennen nor Kleisters looked like they were they were particularly confident until the end when they when they really asserted themselves and. And that's what we we expected from them um, when they when they came back to beat these types of players the next tier down to to be able to to be able to still beat beat those the Wozniacki and Stoser level players. Though Sam Stoser looked better than I've ever seen her, I think than I've ever s- looked as good as I've ever seen her uh, against Kleister. She's she definitely she knows how to serve better. Yeah, she knows how to serve, which a lot of the women don't. Um, 
you know, I, I agree with that. I think you have to give the. I mean, the Belgians are going. They have. They've been off the tour for a while. Obviously, they're back now, but it's going to take them a while to get used to some of these new players. And you watch that Wozniacki match. Do you think? I know you were questioning this, but do you think that in some cases they are just going to lose the odd match just based on some of the age differences with the, some of the younger yeah, players? Yeah, that was the one athleticism. thing. That, one thing that struck me in the the Hen and Wozniacki match that was the first time I thought, well, Justine is almost ten years older than she's eight or nine years older than than Wozniacki and some of the other girls, and that that's going to make a difference. She did win that. She did win the match in a third set, but but you could see Wozniacki. You could see where she Wozniacki could wear her down. Yeah, getting old is a bitch. Excuse my language, but it is. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, anyway, so going on to um, something that a lot of the people have been writing into us, Steve, about it, is the uh, the coverage on TV on Fox. Was it Fox Sports Net? Is it called FSN and Tennis Channel have had and Tennis split Channel. this tournament up. Tennis Channel has been good. They've been on when they've told told people they're going to be on. It's mostly tape delay, some live stuff. And it, you know, it is. It's a shame, isn't it, that it's you know that they've gone on this Fox Sports, this FSN or whatever, and it, yeah, you get a lot of cut hockey. out. You get a lot of hockey. hockey. Yeah. And I know you. You said your dad missed out on the the Sanga Nadal match, right? Yeah, I watched the Pittsburgh Penguins game instead. Oh, that's that's cool. Does he? I hope he's a Penguins fan. No, Flyers fan. Well, that's that's no good. That's um, what about the commentators? We always have lots of discussions here in the in the uh, office. What what do you guys think out there in Podland about the commentators? Send uh, send in your comments because we. I was thinking we could maybe do something later on down the road this this season, rating the the commentators. And I think certainly most improved is going to have to go to Justin Gimmelstop. He has been on FSN. He's been working with Lindsay, who's also doing pretty well, and Ted Robinson, like the, <laughs> the classic setup man. But Justin, I thought he's been pretty insightful with his comments. And he, I thought he analyzed the Nadal-Songa match really well yesterday, pointing out how Nadal was moving in to take away the, the angle on the deuce side and, and pointing out at times in the match when Nadal's constant pressure really begins to tell in an, in an opponent. Um, I was pretty impressed with what yeah, he did. Yeah, he's, he's, he is good on the technical stuff. He mentioned early that Songa's high arcing forehand would give Nadal trouble, and and you can see where it would. I think I still think Justin could talk less, and um, but he less does. gift certificates, perhaps, to <laughs> restaurants. Talk about where he's eating less. Um, <laughs> and also plugs for the Ritz-Carlton. Yes. But no, I, th- I, I think he's good if he, if he would... Um, I don't know. Maybe just back off a little bit. I think he'd be he'd be very good. But but I think he does. He knows the game as well as anybody. And Li- and Lindsay's not bad either. She seems to be growing into that yeah, role. I think she's better. The the from the the decent to the atrocious has been on anyone watches the tennis TV. You get the world feed, and they've got uh, Doug Adler on there. Adler Adler, and uh, he 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 uh, he tries. And you want to be fair to him. I mean, he he's trying, but it's like he has no concepts <laughs> of of execution and he'll he'll blast a player one point for missing an easy shot when maybe it wasn't easy and then he'll he'll praise them the next point for doing something and it doesn't seem like he has a grasp of sometimes how hard it is to actually do well, things the on masters the, court. the the master series feed is for the aficionados let's that's what i'll say <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll go farther just put the mute button on or find the the world feed without the commentators and tennis tv is much better um final thing today before we we leave you guys for the weekend's final action is a uh, bit of news came out. The ITF, we've been following this Davis Cup controversy all year where, well, should we try something other than Davis Cup? Should we do something that's like the World Cup? What does the ITF have to say about it? They, of course, came out in Australia saying we don't want to change Davis Cup when Roddick and Djokovic and some of these other players were saying, well, maybe we should look at something different. We should talk about it. We should consider something at the very least. Well, the ITF had uh, made an announcement just the other day saying that they are open to maybe negotiating they are maybe open to doing some new things 
under the condition that four things don't change. One, Davis Cup has to be played annually. Two, Davis Cup must preserve home and away ties. And three, and three that the, the um, contest must be contested with national federations. And four, the rules of tennis must be upheld. So obviously a complete joke that they were really not serious about doing anything but sticking their heels in the ground. They're basically saying we're not going to change anything about Davis Cup that has any meaning. And Rada came out on Twitter and blasted him and made kind of fun of the ITF, and the rules, if they're going to uphold the rules of tennis, like as opposed to the rules of NASCAR or the rules of, of poker or something. But um, do you think the story's going to go away, Steve? Do you think there's, you know, the players are going to take this to the next level? I mean, I, I love the fact that Roddick's not letting this go. Um, you know, I like the fact that players are kind of trying to make something happen. I don't like the fact that the ITF is basically just ignoring any idea that the Davis Cup competition is flawed and needs fixing. I guess it would require, I mean, it's, the first step, I think, is the players to keep at it, but then it just requires somebody to, to make it a money person to, to come in and, and make that happen. I know Djokovic was the spokesperson at first, and he's, he's done what he could. I mean, the, the players can't spend their time organizing right. this thing. Right. They, they need somebody, it needs to become some, some sort of a, a, a money event in a way that's, that's more in line with, with, the, with the, the way the tours are structured now. Rather than Davis Cup, which is a lot of which is a lot of commitment for, pretty which for almost no money, right? And it doesn't it doesn't mean that the players aren't patriotic and would only do it for money, but in a, in a way it it has to be to become like a for a for a team event to to make any to make any inroads. It has to be done once a year, which is more convenient for the players, or once every two years, and it has to have some sort of some sort of promotion that makes it seem like an event that's at the at, at the level of the Grand Slams. Right, and you can't do that with Davis Cup because you've got a million ties going on all around the world at any one time. And it, I mean, I think they can do it. I think you're right. I mean, you do have to. It has to be a money event, but I don't think that can be that hard to do. The other thing that that kind of irritates me is that the ITF keeps coming out saying, "Well, Davis Cup makes money for all these national federations," and if you go to something that's two weeks every year or every other year. You know, a lot of federations, a lot of countries might not make it to this competition, so they're going to lose out on all this money or whatever money they do get from the Davis Cup and zonal competitions, et cetera. But it's kind of like that seems very short-sighted to me, and it, it, it's like, yes, okay, not everybody can make a lot of money. Um, this is true, and, and not everything is always going to be completely equitable on a world stage. I mean, look at the U.N. for, you know, I mean, it's just it's the way it is. But I, I think that the, maybe you can create a different slightly – lower comp team competition for the countries that you know aren't going to be able to qualify for for this big event but you can also have a fair qualifying campaign i mean you look at soccer or the euros they have fair qualifying campaigns so it is open to any country so if a small country comes up with some good players two players they'd qualify they'd be in it so i, I just don't don't like this idea that everybody has to make money off of it well i think it has to the one thing that the davis cup is a is a great event but but tennis could create a team event that's that's so much more by by limiting itself more. Right, and and also just as you said with the schedule, you, do you think Roger Federer or Andy Roddick, looking at how jo Djokovic is so spent after playing against Serbia, he's lost early in Indian Wells in Miami. He well, looks yeah, Djokovic's spring is is the the way he's he's been this spring is kind of the warning for for Davis Cup. He had a fantastic Davis Cup weekend, probably an experience. Unlike, never had like unlike yeah. he's going to have in tennis, but but he's still now he's had to pay for it 
um, the past few weeks, he hasn't been quite the same player. It's, there's bound, bound to have a letdown. Right. And I guess speaking of Federer, we were going to talk about him before we do go, so that was a false sign-off. Um, Federer saying he, ha- he lost in Miami. Um, and I guess the interesting thing, first off, is he lost in Indian Wells, squandering, was it three match points against mm-hmm. Baghdadis, mm-hmm. and lost that match. And then he lost to Thomas Burditch, who, I, uh, of course, beat him at the Olympics back in 04. 04. Um, he had a match, points against, a match point against Burditch. Burditch... Uh, won that match in Miami, and unusual, I guess, or as Peter Bodo said on his on his uh, blog, lightning strikes twice. Uh, unusual to, for any player, I think, at this level to squander two matches when you've had match points. Federer says his game has issues now, which is kind of funny, like it's, like it's a person, but he does have some issues right now. Yeah, he says his timing's off, and you could tell, you could see that in especially in the well in both matches, but I I thought especially in the Burdich match, he made a ton of unforced errors, and you. Couldn't really find his forehand, even, and maybe even, maybe something that's more worrying is when it got down to the end, the third set tiebreakers, he played particularly badly in the Baghdadis match in that, at the end, and he didn't play all that much better at the end of the, the Burridge match. He could have won it. Burridge was, well, I mean, he. To be fair, Burridge hit some pretty big shots. He played yeah. a great point at match point, but, yeah. but Federer still, he didn't, it's not like he, he, um, raised his game the way everyone says that a champion will do at the at the end of a match but but th- at the same time Federer hasn't been to the final of either Indian Wells or Key Biscayne since 2006 so it's hard to say that this is that this is indicating anything that will the first real indicator of a problem would, w- of a decline for him would, would happen have to happen at a slam because Absolutely, that's that's yeah. where he's that's what he builds his his year around but um it's also don't you think it's hard to you know to raise your game and and just as you said he hasn't one here in a while, and I just find it hard that this idea that you can just yes, he's a great, he's greatest player of all time. I agree with that, but you just can't always raise your game just when you want to, just by flipping a switch. Particularly if you're at an event where even though you're you're fighting and you do want to win it and you want to do well, you know in the back of your head that what really matters is what's coming up in a month and a half, two months. Yeah, you can't pretend, you can't fake motivation. You can't pretend you're, he wants to win these matches, but I think when he gets in the slams, it's it's a little more of a need. Of a, he needs to win those matches. He he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to create any motivation for himself in those at those tournaments. No, I agree. And uh, with that, we will sign off. And as we head into the weekend for the finals in Miami, send your comments, questions, and in particular, what you think of the TV coverage online or on TV. Uh, your favorite announcers, etc. We'll revisit that uh, if not next week, coming down the pike. Send your comments to podcast at tennis dot com, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. With Steve Tigner, I'm James Martin. See you. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.